Verse 8, I know your works. Say, he knows me. He knows everything about you. I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it for you have a little strength, have kept my word and have not denied my name. Say he's opened the door. door. How many is ready to cross in? I'm ready to cross over the threshold into what God has. And I truly believe he's got some great things. You may be seated in his presence. We've talked about opportunity. When an open door is open, opportunity knocks. It just says, here I am. And you look for that. If you remember the situation of a blind man that we read about when Jesus come into the place where he was at, what did the blind man do? He took the opportunity that was presented to him and that was Jesus passing by. He said that the miracle worker is passing by and he would not be silent. He would not shut up. He knew that the only hope he had, that the only way he can get his miracle is to have the miracle worker stop by his way. He cried out very loudly. The second point, which was called transition. See, you must move in and go through the door. That's transition. That's moving from one point into the next point. We talked about a crippled man that was crippled for 38 years. Last week, we ministered on that. The transition that that man desired was to getting out of the place he was in into a place that he needed to be, that he desired to be. How many knows that Jesus stood before him, the open door? He is the doorkeeper. He is the one that opens the door. Now, the third area we're coming to is freedom. I like that word freedom. And I liked what President Trump said. We're not a socialist nation. Can I hear an amen on that one? (laughs) But we are a nation of, with liberty (laughs) and freedom. That's the reason why we're here. Jesus brought freedom to those that were in bondage. Jesus brought freedom to those that were bound. I'll never forget a story that's in my life, a witness to what this brings up. When I was working in the correctional facility called Westville, and I was a chaplain there back in the early 1990s, and as I was conducting the service that they were having on a Monday night. I remember a man that come in very vividly. And when he would come in, nobody wanted to get near him. Everybody come in. And I says, you shake their hands. You're not supposed to do anything else other than that. Greet them. So the team that was with me, that's all we did. We greeted him. This man came along. No one was next to him in front or back. They wouldn't get near him. He just looked at me and said, I don't got to shake him. That's fine. Please find yourself a seat. Being polite. He stated that he didn't want to shake hands. That's fine. So he sat down in one section like this over here, right in the middle of it. Nobody, when people were sitting there, they got up and moved out. They went on this side. Well, of course, you can't fill every seat because you have a captive audience. And with that said, everybody was sitting there. Then they stood against the walls, not getting near this man. I thought, this is strange. And as time went on, we went through the service. Dismissed. The next 
Monday night, the following, he didn't show up, had regular service. The third Monday night, he showed up. Same scenario. He sat down, didn't want to shake my hand. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God told me, he says, I want you to sing this song. I started singing a song. The presence of the Lord came in. And all of a sudden, I just closed my eyes and worshiping. And you, you get a bunch of guys that's worshiping. Their voices just sound out. And all of a sudden, I heard a voice scream out. It was penetrating to my natural ears. And I'm looking down. And here's this guy that was sitting there by himself he looked up at me, and I looked down at him. He goes, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. That's all he could say. I lifted him up. I says, okay, you're free. <laughs> I just looked at him. And he goes, let me give you a testimony of what's going on. He says, I am a Satanist high priest, or I was. I had at least 35 to 70 demons in me, and they all left when you started singing that song, how many knows that God knows how to set a person free? He was free. And all of a sudden, the guards came in. They were not supposed to come in. They stood in the back. And we talk about revival. Every man in that place knelt down and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. That evening. Even the guards knelt down weeping under the presence of the Almighty God. That was revival. When God sets a person free, he even sets those around. He set the atmosphere in such a way even though we were in prison, everybody got freed that night. How many knows that God came to give us freedom and liberty that we can have what really we need in our lives? Freedom being free. One thing I noticed with the door being open that Jesus is talking about, it gives us a way of accessing into the things that we never would before. When somebody opens a door and says, come on in, you are on the outside, but now you're on the inside. I liked what happened because it gave us excess granted. How many is thankful that you can access the things of God now? We see when Jesus died upon the cross and when he said it is finished, the Bible says and it records that in the temple that the veil that was separating the holies of holies in the temple was now rent. In other words, what God was saying, excess granted. <laughs> Let me say it again. Excess granted. Not just for one to come into my presence, for all who wants to come in. Thank you, Jesus. I'm feeling this church, for we have a lot of people in our region, in our area, in our community that are bound. They've not entered into an excesses areas. And thank God that he done that. It was rent. Let me say this. There's still a lot of people, a lot of believers in church that are bound. They've not been delivered. They've not been set free. They come to church, go through the rudiments, go through the things of coming to church, but they're still bound. Bound with things. And let me put it to you this way. When hell is opened, the ones that's going to be there is not going to be the believers. But we have be believers that are bound and Jesus wants you free. Touch the neighbor says, I'm free. You've got to believe it. So those that are saved, born again, Holy Ghost filled. He is, uh, see, we must understand who we are in Christ. 
and what rights we have in Christ, what areas Christ has opened up to those that would truly believe. You can have freedom. See, when you don't have your health, you're in bondage. Mentally, physically, spiritually, all these things. When Jesus died, he, he paid a price. He opened the door. It's not because of us, but because of him. Thank God for he did that for us. Access granted. Touch your neighbor says, we have access now. Go to Galatians, Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to give you some scripture, and I want you to take down everything we're talking about. Mentally, write it down. Keep it in your Bible for markings, because the Bible gives us some areas. We're justified by faith. We've been given access because of faith. We believe in the Son of God. But far too many people, they're not accessing what God has for them. I, it's not on the outside of real realm of, of a reality, but you need to step into reality of what God has given us. We have access to everything. How many knows an heir is an heir because somebody left you something? When Jesus died and he rose, he says, I rose so that you can rise out of your areas. See, when you don't have strength, I'm going to give you strength. When you don't have emotional fortitude, I'll bring peace. When you need a counselor, I'll be your counselor. I'll be your mighty God. I'll be from the beginning to the end. See, I'll be your author, and I'll be the writer of everything. I'll finish it. He's the author and the finisher of my faith. Far too many people don't know who they are in Christ, though, and they don't operate that way because they count themselves unworthy that Jesus and what you do, you just look at Jesus and says, you're not worthy enough for me to accept what you've got. You need to say, wait a minute, Christ, you're worthy and you made me worthy. Yeah. One drop of blood on Calvary made me free and white as snow. I'm free. I'm free. I'm like that man that was down on his knees before me. He says, I'm free. He kept shaking. He kept, he got up. He didn't let me hug him. He jumped. He was free. He had not just released from the demons, but he felt the freedom. But let's read verse 26. The apostle Paul writing here, and I like the way he puts it. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heir. Say, I'm an heir. According to the promise. How many knows that God gives promises? Chapter four, verse seven. It says this. Therefore, you are no longer a slave. Say, when you were in bondage, you become a slave. Whether it's to sin or desire or whatever else, you are in bondage. 
but a son. Say, I'm a child. child. Now, let's be specific. I'm a child of who? Of the King, of God, of Christ. I'm in Christ. I'm in who he is. And that's what we see here. But a son. And if a son, then what? An heir. Of who? Understand what the scripture says. I'm an heir of God through Christ. Everything God has belongs to the children. Everything that God desires for you to have belongs to you already. But how many knows that not too many people understand who they are in Christ? They don't recognize their identity, who they are in Christ. In other words, they've been given a key. What do I do with this key? I don't understand. I got a key to my car, but if I don't use it, I'll never get nowhere. Let that sink in. Christ has given you the right and given you the wherewith. He's given you the the authority. He's given you the identity. Now he's given you the key. The key to heaven. The key to what God has. The key that what heaven wants to bring to you. But far too many people has the key. Well, I've got the key. I've got the authority, but they don't use it. Do you know who you are in Christ? Jesus has opened the door. He told this church at Philadelphia, and he says, you don't, you didn't do it, but I opened the door. But it's for you to cross in. See what he has. How many knows it's time to cross over? And that's freedom. When you walk in, well, I wish I could have that. There's things on the shelf. There's things in the area that that you're looking around says, I wish I could have it. And Christ says, I paid for it already. It's free. It doesn't cost you a dime. You need to access it. Just reach out and take it. That's faith. That becomes an heir. It belongs to me. And when the devil comes along and says, no, you don't deserve it. You say, wait a minute. By Christ Jesus, I am a son. I'm a daughter. I'm an heir of Christ. And a joint heir with Christ himself. You know what that tells me? I'm blessed. You know what that tells me? That God's given me not only the overcoming power, but I'm blessed. There's so many people don't know and understand that they can claim the blessing for themselves. They walk in bondage. Even as coming to church, you can tell by the way they talk. You give them prayer, you come and lay hands on them, and they'll walk out in the same bondage that they came into. Well, I don't know if he can do it for me. I don't know if he wants to do it for me. But when you reach those, (laughs) there's been others I've prayed for, and I've seen legs extend. I've seen hearts mended. Natural hearts where they've had holes in them and they've had going to have to do certain things. I've seen God do miraculous things uh, over in my ministry. But there's others that will come up and they leave the same way they came up because they don't recognize what Christ done for them. I am the blessed of God. That's not pridefully saying it. I'm just saying I'm an heir. And if God's blessed, if God holds everything, I'm an heir of what God has. That brings freedom. That brings freedom. I can look around and say, wait a minute. This is what belongs to me. This is what I have. It's time to claim what God says belongs to me. Amen? Amen. I want to claim what he says. I want to claim what he has for me. 
He paid for it on the cross. He begins at the cross, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the lights. It's not only salvation to get to heaven, but why I'm on the journey, why not let God come alongside and bless me? Wait a minute, pastor, you're talking about prosperity. If that's what God needs you to have to do your job and ministry, let him do it. Didn't he die on the cross that I can have everything that pertains to life? Why do I put myself in bondage and torment? Why do I allow myself not to receive what he done for me? I am the blessed of God. You need to start saying that when somebody looks at you. Who do you think you are? I'm the blessed of God. That's who I am. Go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. We see some more things that Jesus spoke. Verse 31 of John chapter 8. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. Notice that, who believed him. How many believers do we have in the house? You know what believe means? Fully persuaded. I've been fully persuaded what God said he would do. What he said is belongs to me. I have it. I can claim it. I can step in the realm and receive it. But he says this to those who believe him. If you abide in my word and my disciples and you are my disciples indeed, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Say, I'm free. Let's go ahead and go down to verse 36. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. This word make brings up some things, not just shall, but makes. You know what that word means? To create. God's created in me by his word and by what he said that I am free, that I have access into that I can cross the threshold of an open door to receive what God has. Because the doorkeeper has opened up to me all realms of possibility. Nothing's too big for my God. No, 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 no. Can I hear an amen? amen? Aren't you glad that God gave you the ability to receive and speak out and say, speak his word into the very atmospheric areas around you. Speak his word into the situations and see what he'll do. God will not let his word come back void to him. God, when you speak his word, you declaring on this earth and you declare into heavens what he said already that belongs to you. Praise the lamb of God. But there's so many people, I've seen it over the years, and says, wait a minute, God wants me to be poor. God wants me to be down and out. God wants me to feel sorry for myself because of what I'm going through. No. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I've been made free because of Christ Jesus. Far too many people is not taking the opportunity to cry out to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need this. Jesus, I need you to help me in my journey. Jesus, I need it. And all of a sudden, then if you'll believe, watch what happens. The opportunity comes, transition happens and freedom. Thank God. Whom the Son makes you free, creates freedom in your life. But it says, indeed, 
There's a deed to what God has given you and has been signed in blood. See, when you own something, you have a deed. How many owns property? How many owns a vehicle? You get a title. When you get a title, what happens? You store it away because you want nobody to take what you have. But every once in a while, if you need it, you can pull it out. This belongs to me. Okay, the title. God's giving me a title. His word, it's a title. It's a deed. And he says, indeed, when I walk around and I walk in his word and his word walks in me and all of a sudden I can confess his word and all of a sudden the word becomes alive and all of a sudden the faith that God's placed in me because it's not your faith, it's God's faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by his word. And when I have his word, I have his deed. And when I have his deed, I can reach out and I can claim what he says belongs to me. I am the blessed of God. I am the righteousness of Christ. I am an heir and a joint heir with Christ. I am the healed. I am that what God says I am. I'm an overcomer, but I'm more than an overcomer. Aren't you glad for that church? Pastor, you're getting awful excited. I tell you what is burning in me. This is the anointing. We need to understand what God's given us and claim it. Time to claim the blessings. Access granted. When Jesus died on the cross and that veil was rent, and now we can come into the holies of holies, we can come into his presence, and we can receive what he has. That's liberty, church. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, liberty, freedom. Luke 4 18 through 19, Jesus declared when he started his ministry upon this earth, his, he's gone from being just a son of his mom and dad and now moving into uh, the operation of what God's called him to be. And he said some things. He said two times, he said, I proclaim liberty. I speak liberty over certain situations. But then he ends that discourse from the scripture. He says, I proclaim the acceptable year That's the year of Jubilee. But it didn't just end on one season. This was a season that was going to last because what does Jubilee mean? Forgiven. Forgiven. Because what happened in the Jewish sect and way they done it, when that year came, if you had a debt, it was forgiven. If you had something that you owed and you lost, it was repaid and it's forgiven. Oh, I wish they'd do it now. I could run up the credit cards and after that year jubilee, there's forgiven. That would be nice, wouldn't it? But we're talking about in the spiritual realm. When Christ forgave, he says, Father, forgive them. That went through the area of the portals of time. And when God looked out from heaven, he says, if Christ can forgive, I forgive. That's the year of jubilee. That's the year of liberty. That's the year of freedom. That's the time we're living in right now. That's the season we're in right now. I'm forgiven. Say, I'm forgiven. My debts are forgiven. It's been paid in full. And no matter what sin has done, God has brought you into a new creation and made you somebody. See, the old is gone, and now I've stepped into the new. It's time to enter in, church. You know what else happens I see from Scripture? Favor. 
I like that word favor. Because when you have freedom, you can operate in it. You've got favor. Now, favor is a little bit different than grace. You don't deserve grace, but you get it. But because of something happening, favor comes because, okay, I'm going to give you a favor because I like you. I don't like you. So I'm going to give you a favor. You hang on. Have you ever seen kids have been favored over other kids? You can tell the ones that are loved because they get a little more favor. And it's not because of what is just granted to you, but because of the favor that has been given to you because they see some things. Now, what does the father see? Does he see you? Does he see you? He sees Christ. And what did Christ do? He died on the cross. He paid the price. He set the tone. And now we've got favor with the father. Now I can call myself blessed. And it's not because of what I've done. It's because of what he's done for me. You understand what the favor does now. Now you can say I'm the favorite of God, not because I've been loved by the father more than my other siblings, but because of what Christ has done for me. He paid the price. He gave it to me. I can operate with freedom. I can operate and I can access those things. But now all of a sudden God gives me freedom. Now you know what also this favor does? Because it says that out of God's good will, how many of God's good? There's none good except in the Father, Jesus said. There's only one good. I don't care how much you slice it and dice it. You can try to be good. Everybody puts categories on goodness. This person's good because they pay their bills, but they could be a scoundrel. But they're good because they pay their bills and they work and they go home. They come up, but they could be a scoundrel. They'd be good in one aspect, but they cannot be the other. But notice the goodwill that we see from the Father because he's good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And we can have the favor that God's given because of Christ Jesus. And now I can enter into that open door and claim what God says belongs to me. I am the blessed. I claim it. I'm going to have it. If you don't want yours, I'll take yours. It's just like when you set food before somebody, if somebody don't want to eat it, oh, I'll take that. You can't force people to receive it. Can't force people to have it, but God wants you to have it. Also brings up this out of God's good pleasure. It pleases the Father to give you. How many's ever give something to your kids because you just love them and you, you, it pleases you? There's a pleasure mechanism that comes into that place. There's a pleasure mechanism that God wants to. In other words, his desire. That's what pleasure is, desire. His lust is to give you what he has. Not to keep it for himself, but he's a father that says, I want to give you everything I've got. It belongs to you. Can you imagine getting into heaven and God says, nope, you can't enter in. You're saved, but you can be on the outskirts because this belongs to me. No, he wants everybody to come in and receive what he has. Why not operate that away now? Go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 16 says some things. And I like the way the writer put this. Verse 16 says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne room of grace or the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I like the beginning part. It says, let us come boldly. Let us come into boldly. How many has ever seen somebody bold? How do they act? Muhammad Ali was a fighter when I was growing up. 
He wasn't backward about what he could do. He looked at one of his fighters and says, I float like a butterfly and I sting like a bee. That's me. Notice the boldness that he gave. I can float like this, but you're going to feel my power. He was bold as what he said. We need to be bold in what God's given us. We need to come to God boldly, not afraid, not say, well, God will you. God isn't belong to me. You need to understand you as a child of God, everything that God has belongs to me. This woe mentality has got to go. You need to step in because God's opening the door for the church. And one thing that the world's looking at, what can you offer me that's better than what I've got? Sometimes we want our children, sometimes we want those around me to come to know Christ, but what do they see that you have that's better than what they've got? And if you don't act like you're a child of God, if you don't look like a child of God, if you don't walk around and say, I'm the blessed of God, and let God show himself through you, then how can they say, why do I want something that I don't, I already got something better than you do? Let's be honest. There's a lot of people who says, show me something that's better. Give me something that's better. Because what you got ain't really counting. It ain't working. Because if all you talk about is doubt and, and woe is me, God hasn't answered my prayer. Why do I want to serve a God like that? But when you step in and you say, this is what Christ says about me. This is what he's done for me. This is where I'm coming in. I'm the favorite of God. I have liberty. I have access now. Let me shout on that one, church. I can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive what God has because what he done on the cross, he gave me the right to receive God's best. Can I hear an amen? amen? But until you allow God, that's the reason why the apostle Paul said, I didn't come with words of enticement. I could use my knowledge. I could use my education, but that's not what it is. It's by come with power. Until you get people's hearts turned to see the light, converted, in other words, they're going to go down a path that's dark, that's dismal, because they're just trying to satisfy themselves. Okay, if I can stay home and watch TV and be better than coming to church and not receive anything, that, that's where I'm going to be. If I uh, want to stay home and, and do what I need to do and, and get pleasure there instead of coming to your place and listen to all the gripes and complaints because this one is that one and that one is that one, that's all you look at instead of talking about what God's done? Why do I want to go down that path? Now, we need must come in because God says, I've opened the door for you. I've let Christ open the door, which is the doorkeeper. Step into what I have for you. That's called walk of faith. Then you look around and see what he has. Then you pull out his deed and you said, I am free indeed. I have freedom. I have liberty. I have access to what God has. Amen. Believe it. Amen. Far too many people are looking to this man and that man to receive what they need. I liked what the blind man did. He didn't let anybody stop him. He had a voice. Jesus, thou son of David. He cried out to him. He was bold with what he said. He had a voice. He used it. This man was 38 years. He says, I have no one to put me in. He was trusting in men. When you trust in man, they'll fail you. But when you trust in God, he'll deliver. You got to step into the realm of the deed, the title, 
been written in blood. The debt's been paid. The Bible says in the New Testament that Jesus thought it not robbery to think himself equal with the Father. Who are we? Let these thoughts be in you. But when you take other thoughts, the Bible says take no thought. Take no thought. Matthew chapter 6, take no thought of what you're going to need tomorrow, what you're going to have to have dressed with, what you're going to get food with, how you're going to pay your bills. Take no thoughts. Those are worry things. But seek first the kingdom of God and see what he'll do. I want you to declare something for me. He says, I am the favored of God. Until you learn to release what God's given you. How many knows that sometimes when you look at items that you purchase, you look at, especially on food items, you look at the shelf date. Has it lost its time? Especially if you go into a store and they have milk that's a year old. <laughs> you look at the shelf date, I don't think I want that. There's no shelf date to the things of God. There's no shelf date on that. You can open it up. It was paid for a long time ago, and that shelf date has not come into effect. Everything we have now is in operation right now. Aren't you glad that God gave us what we have and what we need to? That's what you know. We need to declare these things. Speak it out and do it boldly. Come to God boldly. Christ, you died for me. You paid a price for me. Here's what your word says. That's praying in the word and praying the word and let the word pray in you. And the Bible says pray in the spirit. And when you pray in the spirit, you declare what the spirit is saying from the word. Deuteronomy chapter 28 said something, and I want to conclude with this. Twenty-eight verses twelve and thirteen. The Bible says, "Those that will be obedient." And he was talking to Israel. But I truly believe there's some things we can learn here because the the whole word is a good counsel for us to understand. And God spoke to them, and He said in verse twelve, "The Lord will open to you His good treasure." Say, "Open it up, Lord." Amen. Said the heavens, because that's where the treasure begins to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Verse 13, and the Lord will make you the head. You know what it says. The tail wags, that's all it does. It may keep you balanced, but that's all it gives. You can say wag because they're, it's a kind of a smile with a dog. They don't really smile. They just wag. That's your smile. But I'm telling you, when you look at somebody and they are the head, that means they're in authority. That means they know where they're going. That means they, they've got vision. They understand what's happening and they will speak with that voice. God says, I called you to be the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord, your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them. Touch your neighbor says, I'm the head. I'm the head. Not the tail. Not the head. Say, I'm above. I'm above. 
not below. God's raising you up. Can I put it to you this way? The open door. When Jesus declared that back in Revelation, the Bible says he's seen their works. God sees you. God hears you. God knows what you in your heart. You can try to put it under the rug. You can try to put your life under the rug. You can try to put this and that, but God knows. The Bible says he's been watching. Every time he wrote, he had John Revelator write to those churches. He says, I see your work. He declared something to this church. He says, I know your works, but he says, you have little strength. You have little strength. He says, but you kept my word and you didn't deny my name. He said, so the door has been open. How many knows it's your time? There's seasons that God brings things. And I truly believe this year, and I'm saying this as best what I can know how, what God's saying, if you will start declaring and look for the opportunities, Look in that transition and go in the transition and speak what he says about you. Freedom, favor, access. Then you will say, I'm the blessed of God. I'm the blessed of God. I have what he says I can have. I am what he says I am. I identify with who he is. But until you come into that place, you will not operate the way God wants you to. You need to go through your house and start blessing your house. You need to go to your friends and start blessing your friends. You need to start blessing your family. Because what's the opposite of blessing? Cursing. cursing. And cursing doesn't mean you use foul language. It just means that you curse those things. You bring them to a state. God's been teaching me you to bless. I've called you to bless. I want you to be blessed. And as you speak blessings, you're going to reap what you sow. You, as you reach out and you bless your neighbors, speak those blessings, pray those blessings on their life. And watch what God happens. If you're looking for the way they are right now, you'll never want to bless them. You may live with uh, neighbors around you that's on drugs that are scoundrels, <laughs> that talk about and backbite. They just look at us. But if you start praying for them and start blessing them, look what God will do. He'll turn the situation around. Yes. Amen? Amen. But if you don't see with the eyes of faith, what will you see with the carnal? That's all you see. And you'll judge it by the carnal. But when God said this, how many believes his word? How many believes what he gives you? This is my title. This is my deed. This is what God says about me. This is the mind of God. This is the faith of God. See, when you take a hold of the word, the word will take a hold of you. And when it takes a hold of you, you operate differently. You speak differently. That's why I say so many people say, well, this person said that. What does the word of God say? What does the Bible say about this situation? That's where you speak into people's life because they can take opinions all day long. And that's all they are is opinions. But when you speak God's word, it's not just opinion. This is facts. This is truth. And it will set you free. And you can operate with freedom, with boldness, with a character like Christ. He wasn't afraid that God wasn't going to hear him. 
when he raised Lazarus from the dead. He said, Father, I thank you. You hear me all the time. And when he spoke out, Lazarus come forth. Lazarus didn't say, oh, no, I don't want to come. I don't want to come. He didn't lay there in that a tomb with that grave closest. No, 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 no. I'm bound already. I don't want to be free. No, he got up, come to the front because they rolled the stone away and he stood there and he told those around him, loose him, loose him. You know what God is saying to us today? Loose him. We're an extension of God right now on this earth. We're the voice of God on this earth. If we don't speak what he says, then how are we going to know what God says to others and what he wants for others? We got to believe it in our lives. Can I hear an amen on that one? Because if you walk around your house talking about other people and putting them down, what woe is me? Because a lot of times people look at, I'm going through this. I don't want to go through it no more. They just look at themselves. Christ wants you to talk the way I've given you the word of liberty. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet, if you would, please, all the building.